Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor. Massive professional wrestling fan. I am fired up. Saturday. What are you going to do but record a damn podcast about sports cards and all the good stuff that's happening? I am very thankful. I have a lot of gratitude right now for all the interactions that I've had so far in 2021. A lot of positive people out there. It's great. So many comments, messages, ideas, great stuff, stuff that's inspiring me. It is fuels the fire of this show. It, it gets me excited and it gets me going. So I just want to say thanks right off the top to the members of the Stacking Slabs family. Without you, the show would be nothing. That's true. It's true. As Kurt Angle would say, it's damn true. On this beautiful Saturday here in snowy Indianapolis, I just got an amazing breakfast cooked by my beautiful wife. Hit the streets, got to run out, run in early like I do every Saturday. A little icy out there. Good thing I got some new kicks. I'm a Hoka wearer. For anyone who uh, goes out there and gets grabs some miles on the streets, uh, I like the Hokas. I, I, I transitioned to them a year ago. I was rocking New Balances. Had a little issue here and there, and um, now I'm on the Hoka train. Treating me right, keeping my legs fresh. Um, but man, I got a good breakfast. Pancakes. It's a, If you're getting pancakes for breakfast, you know it's going to be a good day. Fried eggs, bacon. We even had a little potatoes that were left over from dinner this week. It was like a diner experience at Stacking Slabs HQ, baby. And you know I got that hot sauce. You know what? I have been just on a tapatia train right now. It is just a Mexican grocery store opened up stones throw away from the house. They're great. It's it's a great store. It's so convenient. Um, the people in there are so damn nice. And they have tapatia basically on tap. It's just flowing like the wine of Capistrana. And I bought it. I've been buying it. And I've been putting it on everything. It's nice. It's a nice change of pace. I was a sriracha guy for so long, and I love sriracha, but sometimes you just got to uh, switch it up. Since this uh, tapatia craze has been just full force, I have um, jumped back and bought the Cholula. Good, but just not as good as the tapatia. I'd love to hear what you say about hot sauces. I'm, I'm a spicy guy on everything. Put it on everything. I want my mouth on fire. I want to be sweating. That's how I like to eat. It's the preferred method. Um, after uh, this breakfast, I was like, you know what? I got to record the damn podcast, and that's what I'm going to do now. We're going to go on a little hike. I found that during quarantine, a few things that I need in order to keep my mental sanity. One, I need to be outside. I need to get outside and not just be inside all day. So it's why I go running. It's uh, it's why I, I'm going to go on a hike this afternoon at a state park. Um, that keeps me sane. Another thing is exercising just opportunities to be creative. This 
is an outlet for me stacking slabs. I get to be creative, having conversations, engaging with people, um, talking with them. That's why I love this podcast because I get to do that every Friday. So if you're going through some uh, just trials and tribulations in your head, just try to find those things that will uh, distract you and uh, uh, make you feeling good and happy. And those are mine um, just right off the top. I want to say there was some big news in the NBA that just hit like a bombshell this week. And I am usually on top of everything, but I have been so buried with my new job that I absolutely love. And I love the people and I love what we're doing. And it's just great work. It feels like I'm not even working. It feels like I'm building something really fun and special. But my engagement during the day on my phone has dropped, which is good. It it probably needed to. Um, So I was getting done with a meeting and I pulled open my phone. And of course, there were dozens of text messages, notifications about the trade. And the trade I'm talking about is the James Harden trade. I guess it will go down as the James Harden trade. And of course, when I first got, there were several different uh, sources that were sent to me, but the first one that I clicked on was from my brother. And the way it read, I saw Indiana and I saw James Harden. And I like, (laughs) for a split second, thought James Harden was going to end up in Indiana. And I almost, I, I like couldn't wrap my head around it. And then I took a step back and actually read the damn thing and realized what had happened. So... I wanted to just lead with just my overall reaction of the trade. Um, not necessarily get into James Harden specific stuff, but more um, take it from the perspective of just uh, Karis LeVert, Indiana Pacers, Victor leaving. I will start here. I was asked by Greg from Pack Profits to jump on his Hobby Happy Hour Instagram Live on Friday, and it was awesome. And thank you, Greg, for that experience. I told my wife when I was eating, when we were eating dinner on Friday, that it was, I'm glad you asked me to be on that because I hadn't had a chance to talk to anyone about it yet because I had been so wrapped up in um, my work and had been so wrapped up in just, uh, just life that I had thoughts brewing in my head and I had shot a few messages here and there, but I hadn't taken the time in long form to talk about it. So I just wanted to like start from the top, hit some highlights that I talked to Greg about, just to give you some perspective on where my head is at on that trade. I think I'll start here. I think I start in a place and I start with Paul George. And you're probably wondering, why is he starting with Paul George? I think it's really important if you want to really get the um, perspective from an Indiana Pacers fan to, to start with Paul George. I am not the like... Paul George is the biggest enemy of all time. I'm not that. Like I, 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 I tend to, and try to enjoy the time Paul George was in Indiana. I mean, we went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and um, there was a lot of good memories and moments. Now, the way he exited, and you know, the politics. I think, you know, we could have done without that. Um, and I think, you know, when it came down to it, we were in this position where, as Pacers fans. We knew this guy only had one, he was on his last year of his contract, and we knew he didn't want to stay. So a lot of us were very, very scared. Not Maybe not scared is the right word, but just we didn't want him walk away and us not get anything from him. So when the news dropped that we had 
traded Paul George for Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis, I was, I personally was thrilled. I know a lot of people in Indiana and Pacers fans were a little skeptical at the time of it, but I was excited. I was excited because I saw two guys with a lot of potential and I saw us getting something for Paul George and him not walking away or in him, him not walking away without us getting anything. So that the way that all transpired, you know, Sabonis and Oladipo came in and it started working quicker probably than anybody expected. Um, Victor started to win the hearts and minds of people here in the city of Indianapolis and Pacers fans beyond. Um, and he, he started to do that because uh, of his connection with the city. I mean, he went to IU, which IU is, you know, um, uh, my, uh, an hour south of Indianapolis. Um, you know, and the things he said were things that people in Indiana like to hear from their athletes. Um, he started hitting game winners. Game winners were something Paul George was never good at. Um, he started saying my city, building the connection, being in this community. And he became a fan favorite very, very quickly. I'm not going to say it was like Reggie Miller status, but it was trending in that direction. Um, Victor took the Pacers to, I mean, he led the Pacers to, you know, the, he took the Cavs and to seven games. There's just a lot of momentum regarding Victor Oladipo, this mystique and what he meant to the city of Indianapolis and Pacers fans beyond. Now, what you need to understand about people from Indiana is that basketball is, um, we're, when we are born, basketball is front and center and it's a part of our life. And it is in the fabric and in the DNA of the state of Indiana. There is a saying in 49 other states, it's just basketball. That is true. Every house across the state of Indiana has a basketball hoop in their driveway or one on their uh, back of their garage. It is uh, Hoosier hysteria. It is basketball. It is Bob Knight. It is Larry Bird. It is Bobby Slick Leonard. It is such a huge piece of living in Indiana. High school basketball matters. College basketball matters. The Pacers matter. Go look at all of the NBA players currently and previously in the NBA just from the city of Indianapolis alone. It is ridiculous. Basketball is religion here. So we, although we might not have an, an NBA team that wins a championship every year, we do expect a lot from the players that are out and they're performing for us every night. And our expectation is that they're working their ass off, they're gritty, and they're doing whatever they can do to try to win basketball games. Now, Victor had done that. Then Victor got hurt. And something happened post-injury, um, us bringing on Brogdon, um, us kind of moving forward, and. Victor kind of taking his talent of singing and trying to become more of a star. Something happened there where all of a sudden there was reports coming out that Victor didn't want to play in Indiana. And when you, when you hear that here as a Pacers fan, especially after the Paul George deal, 
You don't want anything to do with him. I turned on him quickly. Complete heel turn. You know, and I, 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 I had had it. I saw what we did in the bubble without him. Um, I saw what we, I saw what we could do, and it just seemed like this team was changing, and the team was changing under the direction of Malcolm Brogdon, and um, that was my stance. And I, I sat there in a the similar position of, hey, Oladipo doesn't want to be here anymore. Reports have just came out; he turned down twenty five million dollar extension. He don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to not get anything for him. So what are we going to do? Now, to Vic's credit, Vic played his ass off this year. I mean, he was looking great. He uh, just looked like old Vic, which was fun to see. And I, I got settled in. I got settled into, all right, well, this Pacers team's pretty good, pretty damn good. Um, and Victor is playing well. Maybe I should just get used to this and just enjoy this last year with Victor. Then this bombshell dropped. And when this bombshell dropped, and I realized that we were getting Karis Levert for Victor Oladipo, I was filled with pure excitement. Karis Levert for Victor and a second-round pick. Now, as a spectator from afar, I'd always been a fan of Karis. I thought he was a gritty player. I thought he was, he was like DeMontis Sabonis, like every year he's played. Um, he's gotten better and contributed more. Um, a player that, you know, maybe got lost in the shuffle with all the additions in Brooklyn. Maybe his growth hindered a little bit from being the the, the guy. Um, but you know, I, I I was excited. You know, I know you could say you know Karis has gone through injuries, but to me, like Karis Levert was a type of guy that, you know, I think that he is a perfect fit for the Pacers and a perfect fit for what we're trying to do. So like I talk with Greg, Greg's a big Nets fan and I, he's a, he's got Karis in his PC and I know, you know I've traded messages, talked with him on Friday, pretty torn up about Karis leaving town. And I asked him, we chopped it up and I asked him, well, what, what can I expect from Karis Levert as an Indiana Pacers player? And his, Glow, his, his recommendation was glowing, and they're the types of things I want to hear. A player that still has a lot of room to grow. A player that can hit the game-winning shot against any team on any night. A humanitarian. And those, when I hear those types of things about a player, I start to get excited. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I wish Victor Oladipo the best. I really do. Um, I think Victor is a hell of a player. I think Victor is a great kid. Um, I think maybe Victor started to get a, maybe too many voices in and too many people surrounding him, telling him that maybe, and again, this is speculation from Brett from Stacking Slab, but this is just what I'm thinking. Maybe they said, you know, you're never going to become a star if you're in Indiana, that type of thing. Whatever happened, things happened for a reason, and I'm really fired up about what the Indiana Pacers are up to. And I'm excited, hopefully once the, these games start getting played again, to watch Karis LeVert. And that is something that's just ransacked the, the NBA postponements. And, you know, this is something we should have all expected with uh, COVID on the rise. And, and to be honest with you, I'm really glad I don't, get into the day-to-day day trading of these players and games and cards because it's just it seems like a coin flip on 
who's playing, who's not. The one thing I will say, and I won't get too far into it, but I will say, like, don't go buy guys that are popping off just because of eight other guys are on the team aren't playing. I don't think that's safe. I don't think that's sound. Gambling's one thing, but that's just that's that's a whole nother level. So I'd be very, very cautious there. I'm excited. Um, obviously, I was I set the stage on the Colts last week, but I'm excited to a, a bummer of a loss. But I'm excited to dial in and watch some playoff football uh, this week. I think the matchups are good. Um, I'm not going to give predictions or spoilers or or not spoilers, but just my thoughts. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy some damn NFL football. Another thing, obviously, you know, the the news of the Mickey Mantle sale uh, went wa- ran, went wild over the hobby, and I think you know just a little time there. Uh, Rob Go, five point two million dollars, fifty two Mantle PSA nine rookie. Guy's an Indianapolis kid. I think that's cool. I just wanted to shout that out. Um, I've I've been trading some messages with um, some people regarding that deal. And there might be something on the Stacking Slabs platform that might come soon of it. So be on the lookout for that. I think as I jump in and I'm working in my new role, I am spending a lot of time trying to find ways to build brand and create value early for our company. I'm talking with people. um, I'm talking with people and I'm trying to figure out ways that we can share their stories and help elevate our brand. And I was thinking about this, and when I'm when I spend some time reflecting on work and then applying it to stacking slabs, I always try, try to think about like, you know, what what can what can I be doing to share with with the people listening to me about what I'm doing professionally that might have some impact in the hobby. And I think like I've talked about this a lot, but it's like really resonating with me now that I'm back in this mode where I'm building at work. I kind of look at it as like the Bret Hart effect. And all, you all know I'm a massive wrestling fan. I say it every week, and I talk wrestling. And hopefully you enjoyed the conversation with David Peck. Man, that has made me so itchy on some wrestling cards. I'm going to tell you that. But the Bret Hart effect is Bret Hart, no matter what, made everyone who he wrestled look better because Bret Hart was that talented. And Bret Hart had this mindset of if – I'm going to make these guys look better. It's going to make me look better. And it's very J- JFK-like with his rising tide raises all ships. The same type of thing. And I think, like, as I'm thinking about what I'm trying to do for work, I think we all should be thinking in the hobby about how we can put other people over and make them re- look really good if they're doing really good shit because that will help you elevate your own personal brand. I think there's a lot of people doing this in the hobby, and it's cool. And I think the more people that are, can do this in the hobby, the more infectious it'll be. I got to shout out my man, P. Ryan, all right? I know you all watch his Instagram live videos. I jump on when I see him. This man, like, is a passionate guy. He is um, trying to do good in the hobby, trying to sh- share his passion with everybody else. I had him on uh, Coffin Cards, um, and he just sent me the nicest thank you ever. And I'm going to say this just because it meant so much to me. Um, he sent me from, he was, if you watch that episode, he has a coffin 
literally a toy coffin from Ringside Collectibles. Shout out Ringside Collectibles. That's where I buy all my wrestling figures. But he had a, a coffin gimmick from there um, that was authenticated and signed by the dead man, the Undertaker. And he, he had this guy, I mean, P. Ryan, if you, why I like P. Ryan is he, he's a collector at heart through and through. And I can relate to that. You all know my, um, all my collections. And so P. Ryan is too. So P. Ryan, uh, you know, goes to signings and does a lot of things. Well, he was at, you know, he had, was involved in a signing with the undertaker. Well, he got some of these Undertaker coffin signed. And as a thank you, just as a relationship builder, P. Ryan sent me one of those coffins signed by the Undertaker. Now, what does that cause me to do? It causes me to talk about this on this show because it means a lot to me. Um, and it's a nice gesture. And that's infectious. That really is. Like, I'm trying to... I, like, I've gotten so much cool shit from so many awesome listeners just out of the goodness of your heart. Um, and it just, that means a lot to me. And I just think like with that example, like you, we all should be trying to find opportunities and it doesn't necessarily be, need to be sending people stuff. Like it, it, it can be that, but it can be other things. And I just think like from collector to collector, like let's all try to elevate and raise each other up, help each other out. If you've got a bigger platform than someone else who's doing awesome shit, like promote it. Share it with other people. That shit matters. That matters. Like the more eyeballs we can get on people doing good, like, like that's what we need to be doing. Like I, like P Ryan cracked my shit up. It was Thursday night, man. He had a freaking clown nose on and a clown, uh, <laughs> clown wig on. He looked like freaking doink trying to take a sip of his sparkling water and he couldn't. Um, but man, this is good shit, everybody. Like, and I think that's what we we can't get lost on just the day to day bullshit. Like, we all just need to enjoy it and elevate other people. That's what I'm saying. I'm having a blast collecting Steph Curry cards. I am having so much fun digging into his sets, digging into the parallels. Uh, it's just so much fun to attach myself to a, a legend like this. It's so much fun to watch Steph Curry play, and I'm just my passion reinvigorated like make sure you're going through those evolutions make sure you're collecting for yourself make sure you're collecting not because what everyone else is telling you to collect make sure you're not just buying shit because you think it's gonna 3x 4x the next month like buy what you buy what you believe in buy what you think is fun and that's just a reminder and i'm trying to buy even more stuff that i love and david peck man the guy's got me freaking freaking out waking up in the middle of the night if you listen to that episode, David Peck says he's been doing wrestling cards every day for 10 years. That's This guy has, like, seriously, an outstanding collection, Hall of Fame worthy. But that guy's putting in the fucking work, all right? That guy's putting in the work. You got to put in the work to be the GOAT. Like, you do. You really do. And so, like, I'm like, I love these 82 wrestling all-star cards. I do. I talk, I've got, I've talked about my 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 cards that are at PSA right now. Um and speaking of PSA, man, I got I had a regular order. I got the grades back. They're on their way. I'm going to do an Instagram live. Hopefully those come this week and I can show those off. But one of the cards I got was a 2003 uh Gold X Fractor Peyton Manning finest card. 
that I cracked from the case and I got the message that the card didn't get graded and I didn't get charged by it because it didn't look like it met the right size requirement. Okay. First time running into this. Interesting. Um, I don't know if the card had been manipulated or not, but it was in the damn case and it, I, it was sealed and I broke the seal. I don't know. Interesting. If anyone's run into that, let me know. I've uh, reached out to some folks. People say you should either send it back in or maybe you should uh, send it to BGS. I don't know what I'm going to do once I get it back. But it was in order. A lot of cool cards. I got nines on everything. I'm completely okay with that. Um, when I sent them all in, I was like, I think these are all going to be nines. And they were. But look out for that later this week. I'm going to be doing an unboxing, showing those cards off. Hopefully they come this week. You know, I think like, I don't want to get too philosophical here, but I do think there's an element of, you know, me saying to you, and I've talked about this, but just don't being a copycat, okay? And I said, I put this out there this week that people buy cards because of the fear of missing out. This is time and capital that could be placed on finding opportunities no one else is seeing. Don't start on the ropes, put in the work and get the bag. And this is what Deepak is doing, okay? So Deepak, you know, for the last 10 years has been not doing what everyone else is doing, digging into pop reports and all that stuff. And now he's the goat of wrestling all-star cards, vintage wrestling cards in general. And I think like I was thinking back about just the, the collecting and FOMO and how you can like really start to get down a rabbit hole of not so good behavior and activity. And it triggered a thought. And I don't know how this all came together for me. But the Diderot effect, if you're familiar with it, it states that obtaining a new possession often creates a spiral of consumption, which leads you to acquire more new things. As a result, you end up buying things that are your previous self never needed to feel happy or fulfilled. Okay. It's kind of like the all products purchased by you aim to be cohesive with that, with your, your identity. And that introduction of new, atypical, something you haven't had in the past product can trigger that spiraling consumption. And so like an example of this would be like Fight Club, right? When he was buying all that Ikea shit, went nuts on it, right? And so like, I think, you know, you, you start buying base cards and you keep doing it and they keep mounting up and all of a sudden you're, and I just use base cards as an example because it's an easy one to call out. But you just you just start buying all this stuff because it's what you're seeing on other feeds. And then all of a sudden you're rearranging and your whole identity has changed um, because of one purchase. And so like I think that's like where it can go like if you follow other people and not think like an owner and think for yourself. And I'm my mind is baffled because I think I look at the hobby and I look at what the opportunity and it's a it's a canvas it is a canvas and there's so many different colors so many different strokes and you as the collector have the opportunity to paint a beautiful picture of what what your collection means to you and what that what is that product in that piece of work and i think that is the opportunity so it's like for me i think about these things and i say how well how can we avoid this I think there's a few ways to avoid it. 
I think like the easy motto, and I this is the easy example just as a marketer that I always turn to, but just you know, there's a reason why this company is what it is. It started it started for with a Steve, with a Steve Jobs uh, advertising campaign, and that's think different. And think different transcends transcends everything. Transcends this hobby for certain. But just think different. Think different than everyone else. Everyone is wired different. You can look at pop reports to find opportunities. You you can dig in. Like again, I go back to Deep Pack, man. That guy, I wish I was doing what he was doing 10 years ago. You think Nat Turner got to where he is today by following someone else? I'm talking about collection and I'm talking about professionally, okay? What about Michael Jordan? You think Michael Jordan became Michael Jordan by following what his you know, buddies were doing in high school? Hell no. So I just think like we all have the opportunity to create greatness and that greatness is greatness what makes us feel great and and a lot of that just you gotta just do what's different do what makes you happy i think about your card collection as a music playlist that you're really proud of not one that the spot spotify algorithms built more like an old mixtape or burned cdrs that you spent much of your free time curating it's another thing I put out there on this topic. I think there's so many machines making decisions for people now, and it's pro- it's more or less because people are lazy and people just want stuff force-fed to them. I think that is the uh, counter for how we should be operating in the hobby. I love mixtapes. I love music. I used to make them all the time, curating them and giving them out. In high school, I had a mixtape that went viral in my high school called Vladi Dotti. It was a mixtape. It was awesome. Um, Vladi, it was an ode to Vladi Divok and Snoop Dogg with a lot of good tunes on in between. Um, but that was special. That was like my, my ability to uh, take a bunch of different songs and put it together and deliver it. And people are like, damn, this is good shit. My company right now is, is very keen on... on Discover, making discovery and curation of content easier. So this is top of mind for me. But we all have the power and the ability to be curators of our own damn collection, and we should do that. Don't listen to other people. You be the curator of your own collection. It's like a damn mixtape for yourself, man. And it changes. It can evolve. You might sell cards that you loved a year ago. That's okay. But don't listen to other people. I got to shout this out. And I seriously said this. Black Griffin's article in the Basketball Card Fanatic, copy five. It's the best damn thing I've read since I've been back in the hobby. And it was about this topic. That's a plug for Adam's Magazine. And that's a plug especially for Black Griffin who does the artwork. And Black Griffin who wrote this masterpiece of an article. It is a masterpiece of an article but it, because... What he puts on paper is what has been going on in my head and several other people's heads. Go get that magazine, not the wrong way. Go reach out to Adam and get on that. Even if it's just this copy, you got to read that article. It means so much to me, and I know it'll mean so much to you. Get some content shout outs. All right, so I'm going to start from the top. This is what happens. If you do cool shit in the hobby and you're consistent with it, I'll eventually want to talk to you and bring you on this show. And that's what I'm doing on the Hobby Hustle this week. I think this is three episodes in a row I've mentioned them. 
Max Putnam Cards, Basketball Card Therapy. He's coming on the damn Hobby Hustle, and I'm going to ask him questions about his show, his passion, Kobe Cards, all that stuff, because this guy is a man of passion, and he's doing it right. So I'm excited to chop it up with him. I'm excited to – definitely my man – uh, Andy's been dropping some video. He's he's always said like, man, I can't keep up with these other guys who are just putting these videos out every day. Which he just kind of poking fun at him, saying, "Hey, like you got if you're creating quality content, it can't come out every day. There's ways you can do it, and it happens. But definitely, there's a lot of people on the YouTube medium just putting out stuff just to put out stuff." But anyways, Andy's been dropping some videos on the sports card investigator side. I'm getting a chance to watch those this weekend. I uh, I, I, I just enjoy his honesty in, in his videos, so you should go all check check those out. Again, I plug Basketball Card Fanatic. Who else? Who else is making it happen in the hobby right now? You all listen to Stacking Slabs. You know who I am and what I like. Who am I missing? If I'm missing someone that you, you think is doing really good stuff, let me know. Slide into my DMs and tell me, like, hey, I think you should be turned on to this guy or this girl or whatever. Like, go, go let me know. I, I, I'm, I, I, I want to hype people who are doing cool shit. Royal Rumble is right around the corner, and I'm a little sad because I have been to every Royal Rumble for the past three years. It's near and dear to my heart. I had a little streak going. It's getting broken this weekend because of COVID. You got to be adaptable. But anyway, my mind... I've been thinking a lot about the Royal Rumble and the experiences I've been in, and everyone loves the Royal Rumble who uh, watches wrestling. Um, but I was thinking, and it's got triggered, my favorite wrestling podcast, The Mask Man Show, Rob Shoemaker, Kaz. It's just a great freaking wrestling podcast. It's just 10 out of 10. And they had the question, they were saying, what is the best non-Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble match at the Rumble ever, immediately, they mentioned this, and immediately I had to give, there's been some good ones. The triple threat between Rollins, um, Brock, and Cena, I think it was at 2015 Rumble, the Rumble where Roman won, Philly got booed out of the building. That match is incredible, go watch it. Triple H versus Cactus Jack, I think it's 2000, match is incredible. 99, might not age well, but when Rock versus Mankind, when Mankind got hit in the head 30-something times with the chair, uh, that match is ridiculous. Go watch that match. For my money, it has to be a match that I was at. I think it was 2017, San Diego. AJ Styles versus John Cena rematch. Banger! I was sitting there live on the floor watching this match unfold. Cena wins. 16 his the championship for his 16th time. I'm telling you guys and gals, this match is amazing. Go check this match out. I can't put it over enough. It probably is. I've been going to wrestling shows my whole life. That match probably is my favorite match I've ever seen live. Incredible stuff. I can't wait for the Royal Rumble. Let's get into the mailbag. Starting off, Bruce the Card Shark says he's new to the hobby. Does the offseason still affect prices for superstars? Well, I think it varies case by case, but let's zero into a specific card that did some wacky things. So let's let's talk about Patrick Mahomes, Prism, PSA 10. Now, after he won the Super Bowl, the Mahomes card 
went down to $1,300, okay? That card throughout the offseason, into the season, there was some dips in a little bit here and there, but that card, if you look at the graph, has just continued to elevate to being around 9K now, if not more. So I think it just depends. I, I think le- the thing I like about legends is that they're the safest investments possible. That's why I'm 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 pointing money to Steph Curry. So if I'm buying legends, I'm not looking to like flip them. I'm holding them. So that's that's the way I'd respond there. Man, Mattanel twenty three. Would you recommend Durant and Kyrie if below nine or selling raw? Um, if if anything is below a nine that isn't like a card of significance, I would probably sell it raw. If you're talking about like I don't know, it's that question's hard because I don't know what cards you're talking about. But I prefer if if it's not, I would rather have a raw card on something basic than I would an eight. I guess is what I'm saying. Card collector three, would you recommend only buying a certain sport in the off season and selling during? A lot of questions about this. Um, it just depends. Like it really d- depends. Um, I think the safest time to buy is when they're not playing. And probably the safest time to sell is when they are playing. Um, but again, it's, there's, it's case by case. Vintage Pacers, what up? Is there a pro wrestler who doesn't have a rookie card that you wish did? I think like this topic, I don't really have anyone that comes to mind, but this topic in general, and David Peck talked about this a little bit, there's a lot of confusion with what's the true rookie, what's a rookie, what's not, this and that. Cards are you know American sets, international, regional. I think like what happens over time is that the market kind of picks and chooses what they think the rookie card is, but like no no one specifically um, is comes to mind on. I think most wrestlers that I enjoy have some form of rookie cards, um, but that's uh, a definitely a good question. Mostly '90s basketball cards. Favorite Panini basketball insert. I'm not a big insert card, but. I know, um, you know, from downtown's getting a lot of pub. I know Kaboom's getting a ton of pub. And I don't own any of these cards, uh, but I, I love the Color Blast. I, I think they're incredible cards. It's art to me. So I would probably say if I had to pick one, it would be the Color Blast. I, I just, I think they're gorgeous cards. Um, Jay Kenny, baby. NBA Top Shot Digital Trading Cards Moments Thoughts. Great, great topic here. Um, I just saw, I didn't know, luckily I saw a video about this on Instagram. I was like, what in the f*** is this? And then Jay asked me the question, so I dug in a little bit more. So they're digital trading cards with these digital moments that are blowing up, okay? I'll say this, not for me. If I'm collecting something, it's, 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 it's a lot like, like, I think about like digital music in vinyl. Like I buy vinyl because I want the physical copy. Like same with cards. They, so like the these like blockchain, none of that stuff connects with me. If there's a market for it, there's a market for it, but like not for me at all. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Like I need it in my hand. <laughs> I like I need to be able to pick it up. I need to be able to look at it. I need to be able to uh, you know, read the back. Um, but I'll be checking that out. I'll be like following other people and seeing what they said, but just not for me. Cardboard Underground. What percentage of 
um, investors will become collectors if the market dips. I don't know, but hopefully there are some because that's what I'm trying to do on this show is I'm trying to get people who might just come in with the investor mindset to stay. The more people stay, the more all of our all uh, the value of our sports cards will go up. So I hope people stay. Consistent question answer, or uh, provider, Boulevard of Cards. If you were the commissioner of the hobby, what would you like to see added or changed? Added, I would love there to be some platform, non-Instagram related, that is centered around building and developing relationships, but then layered in the trading, buying and selling of sports cards. So I'm thinking like there being some algorithm, and I was talking negatively about algorithms, now I'm bringing them up, but something about like connecting people through common other people and getting people to know each other and building those relationships while also like having on your page, like here are my cards that are for sale or for trade and here's what I'm looking for and having that be consolidated in one spot. Like that happens on Instagram, but it's very fragmented. So I'd love, like my mantra would be like, we're going to kill fees and we're going to connect hobby people in the hobby. And this is the product. So if I'm the commissioner, that'd be the first piece of technology that I'd be releasing to the public. We wouldn't let losers be on it. If you're a scammer, you're a loser, and you wouldn't be allowed on it. And that brings me to my second topic, Um, scammers, losers, and manipulators. You're going to be red flagged, and you're going to be red flagged and blacklisted. And that would be something I would implement immediately. And it would be, we'd have have a uh, council. And the council would vote, and it would be a council of diversity. We'd have people of all ages, interests, all different stances in the hobby, and we would bring these people up for their actions. And we would say, does this person get blacklisted? And what blacklisted means is that you will, be, you will have a stamp on your profile page across all your digital channels of showing that you were a manipulator. You know, like some states, when you get multiple DUIs, they change your uh, your plate to a different color. That's what I'm talking about. I'm so sick and tired of people. I'm getting fired up right now, and I told myself my hobby resolution, don't get caught up in the noise. It's hard sometimes. People, like, legitimately, legitimately, like, I, I tell myself, I can't give these people airtime. Their names won't be mentioned because I don't want to publicize them. But inevitably, people in the hobby who are doing just absurd stuff, people send me it all the time. I don't follow these people for a reason, but you all are like, hey, did you see this? And it just, it kind of gets me fired up. I'm not mad at people for sending it, but it just, it ignites. So my hobby resolution this year is to stay away from the bullshit. Um, but that was, a, that was a great question. Cards Vault. Up and where am I spending my money? Up and coming, safe on on safe bets, safe bets. Not not a lot of prospecting. Uh, it's gonna be in in. It's probably gonna be in vintage wrestling card opportunities. Peyton Manning or Steph Curry, like for the most part, like that's where my where my money's going right now. Prime Finders, which wrestling legends do you think will get some hobby love in twenty twenty one? Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. Full stop. 
Drake's PC, personal goals for stacking slabs podcast. Drake's Drake is a regular, uh, regular contributor here. You know, I think that this podcast has become a creative outlet for me and a special place to meet all of you. I'm, I'm still in very much in the mindset of brand building. I want to grow this audience, continue to grow it and meet people. That's where I'm at for 2021. I'm like, I'm really, I'm tied up at work. I, I can't do, like, I don't have full, I can't put my head and energy into full-time stacking slabs. Like, how do I create a business out of this? And it's fine. And that's not what I'm, I'm doing this to be, to be a, for it to be a creative outlet and to give back to all of you. That's what this is about. Um, so I'm, my focus is continuing to get people to listen and get people to follow and just continue to build. And I know that if I just continue to do what I'm doing, that's going to happen. It happens every day. It happens every day. So I, I'm just, my mindset, Drake, is I want to continue to just keep doing what I'm doing, give back. There might be some things here and there that pop up, but for now, same same old Brett. All right, let's round it out here. We're, uh, God, sometimes I don't even know how long I talk. We're going to close it out here. So I, I put this out there and it got a ton of reaction. Okay. It probably was my mo the post that has gotten the most engagement I've ever put out there. And I just want to close with this. If you don't like grading, don't grade. Don't like the mainstream prism-based craze, stay away. Don't want the fees, sell elsewhere. Don't get caught up in what you don't like. Double down on what you do and go make it happen. That message resonated with more people than anything I've ever put out there. And I think it's very simple. We need to stop as a hobby and a community, stop spending your time complaining about what's not making you happy. We know that exists. Allocate your time and take that energy into and pour that passion into what you do like. Incredible things are going to happen. The more I distance myself from the noise and pour it into stacking slabs, the more people reach out to me, follow me, listen to the podcast, and it's an incredible side effect of it. So this is an escape, everyone. This is fun. This is supposed to be a place where we connect with each other. This is a place where we share stories. This is a place where we learn. Let's, let's focus on the good. The more we focus on the good, the more incredible relationships, cards, and just overall things are going to happen to each and every one of us. Don't lose sight of that and don't forget it. If you like what you heard on this podcast, hit that damn subscribe button. Enjoy some pro wrestling. Get out there and watch wrestling. Enjoy sports, hoops, football, whatever your jam is. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. I love it. 2021, baby. Let's go. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Talk to you on the Hobby Hustle. Peace. Peace.